Hello, hello, my friends. I am back stateside. I am home at last after a three week trip to Nepal. For those of you just tuning in for the very first time, I am Kelly Wynn of Kelly Wynn Studios, of Color Crush Creative, an artist, an author, uh, an entrepreneur. Apparently, I'm a podcaster as well, wouldn't you know? And I'm a world traveler. This is the first time I've ever taken a trip outside of North America or Europe. Going all the way to Asia was quite an eye-opening, heart-opening experience. It was just completely different than anything that I've experienced before. And in some ways, so much the same as everywhere in the world. People just wanting to thrive and love and do their best, and connect with others. And I saw that similarity. It's the first time that I've been able to go somewhere and feel like I'm connecting with rather than outside of. And that was really unique, because most of the time I've traveled, I've seen myself as the other. When I moved to Belgium in 2006, I felt so foreign, so out of the ordinary. I looked at all the differences Everything that was not similar with my way of doing things or the way that I was comfortable with, we could say. My dear husband says, but don't you see all the ways we're the same? And I think I was still young enough and naive enough and in the throes of early motherhood and out of my norms that no, in all honesty, no. I mean, sure, there were similarities. We're both Western countries, by all means, driving on the same side of the road. But there were just so many cultural things that, you know, that was my first time traveling outside of the United States. And it took me a long time to adjust. In fact, I could honestly say I never really quite fully felt at home living in Europe at that time. You know, this was my early 30s. I had my youngest child born there, had two other young boys. My husband was deployed with the military to Afghanistan while I was there. My oldest son got sick. I had no real true friends, and I felt very isolated. Not to mention that if businesses said they were closing at 5, you sure better get there by 4.30. And bread and vending machines and you know, phone lines that didn't work properly. There were a lot of challenges that really in hindsight are obviously just first world challenges. It was a lot to adjust to at the time. I've, of course, since then traveled many times back to Europe and now to Asia. And with time and experience and maybe a little bit of wisdom, it seems that I can see similarities a lot more than differences. I would venture to say that my online presence and my connection with people all over the world has made a big difference in how I see things, how I see so much more the similarity and common thread between us rather than how different we are. Yes, certainly there are cultural differences and customs and ways of doing things. For example, in Kathmandu, I rarely saw a traffic light. And yet somehow with a city full 1.5 million people, they figured out how 
to maneuver around each other. That, my friends, would never happen in the United States. We would all crash and die, no doubt. So yes, certainly differences in so many things. And yet, having conversations with people from Nepal and getting to know them and seeing them for who they are and their heart and their goodness and and how they view life and what their hopes and dreams are, to sit there with Krishna, my guide, and have him tell me, I really just want to move away from the city and move out to the country where I can have my own garden and maybe some chickens and life might be a little easier. And I'm sitting there going, ah, me too, me too. I want the exact same thing. And he says, and I would love to build my house a little bit more in the traditional style with, with the wood and the stone and the views of the mountain. And I'm like, wow, how can we be so far apart in this world and yet be so similar? And, I, and I'm sure as you're listening to me, you could relate to the same thing. Our hearts are very similar in the sense that we want to be loved. We want to love. We want safety and security. More than just a roof over our head, we want to know that things will happen with ease as we move forward in life, that it doesn't always have to be a struggle. And as you get to know people in lands further away from where you are, whether it's this next state over or country on the other side of the world, it doesn't take long for you to realize we're all in this together in this world, wanting it to heal from poverty and from fear and from war. We want it to heal from the destruction mankind has done to it. We want to be able to heal the environment and heal our hearts and to not have fear of guns in school or elections that are being manipulated so that we feel like our voice doesn't count anymore, that we, need, that we still feel globally the fight for justice for those who are disenfranchised and have no voice. Yeah, we all connect at that level, wanting to make sure that things are fair, that our family is fed, that we can nourish ourselves, that we can dream about things and create and make It's hard to live that fully of what we are capable of doing when there are struggles in front of us. When the road is tough, it's hard to get into that true nature of who we are, which is that we are dreamers and creators and and doers and lovers. And so I say that as I look at how things are in Nepal, and how things are in the United States, and how things are in Europe, and just about anywhere in the world, I would say we want the same thing. We want enough ease in our life that we can be fully, completely, genuinely, authentically ourselves, and use the creativity and the God-given gifts we've been given in order to make the world a better place. We want to be able to love fully. We want to protect our family. We want to rise above We want to be able to do better. I would say that this is the human nature. Everything else is counter to that. The greed, the fear, the anger. And when you see that humanity deep within every eye that you look into, when you're traveling so far apart, when you're traveling so far away from home, and yet you can still see that same glimmer, then you know we are connected And I can see the similarities instead of the differences. 
So when I talk about struggles preventing us from being our full selves, I would say that most of us who are living in uh, middle class, comfortable Western society, our struggles are usually self-made. Our struggles are ones that we have to deal with on a familial level, on friendship level, on work level, on uh, shit that just went wrong, not the struggle of can I have enough food to eat today? I would assume those who are listening may be in the first category, not the second category. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about that going through hard times and having a hard time also finding yourself through that struggle. Because I can make an analogy to my trip to Nepal and some of the struggles that I went through. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting that I would hit up against a wall midway through and just wish to come home. And here is the honest truth. I was unprepared and expecting something different and maybe a little disillusioned along the way. With Nepal, no. With the tour group, with the schedule, with the accommodations, with all the things that were out of my comfort zone, and especially with the trekking, that I was not physically prepared for. It was really, there were a lot, there was a lot of shit that came up. As I mentioned in the last podcast episode, a lot of personal stuff came up, but just simple daily barriers of what I thought I would be able to do. See, this is a first, first problem is when you have expectations and then you're disappointed because your expectations aren't met. And I thought there'd be time for journaling and writing and self-reflection and, and growth and spirituality and enlightenment, maybe. Many people said before I went, oh, you know, you're going to change so much. You know, you're going to have this spiritual journey. You're going to have this awakening. And, <laughs> and I was fully expecting it. And damn it, that expectation was probably the lesson that slapped me in the face the most is when we're struggling just to be comfortable, it's really hard to get to that next level of genuine, authentic self. In fact, sometimes our worst sides come out, the side of judgment and gossip or disgust or self-loathing or wanting to just hide away and not be seen. And I went through all of those things as I did my best to hike up a thousand steps in a day. I mean, I don't know the exact count, but I think that day was around 1,600 steps. And that's a lot. That's not a hike. That is Stairmaster 1,000. <sighs> and less than one star rating accommodations. Now you can't really expect much more than that at the Trekkers Lodges. But when you're not prepared for it, when you're at least your normal level of comfort is clean bathrooms and clean sheets, then it's, yeah, another boundary, another thing to push against. Going from hot during the day and cold at night and a shower that you have one community shower and it's shared with your toilet, by the way. And you're in there and you're like, okay, I'm going to just do this as quick as I can to wash the sweat and the muck off my body before I climb into my sleeping bag for the night. And someone turns the lights off on you. It's a little fun prank. 
fabulous sitting there half salty and dirty and half soapy and completely butt-ass naked on a cold, cold night with the window wide open because, well, there aren't windows in all honesty, (laughs) no heat, and you're just trying to do your best. Yeah, your highest self doesn't come out at that moment. No, it doesn't. Your swearing self comes out at that moment. And then you step back and you reflect again. This isn't the hardest thing I've ever been through. This isn't the most painful thing I've ever been through. This isn't the worst thing I've ever been through. It's just a challenging thing that I'm going through right now that I signed up for, that I paid to do, that I willingly went on. And what is the lesson that's in it? Well, I would say that the expectation to find some spiritual enlightenment needed to be thrown out the window the moment that I hooked up with this tour group and realized we were all on different journeys and we were all in it together, even the eight-hour bus ride to go 124 miles or sleeping in stone rooms with no windows. And when I say no windows, I mean there's a hole for a window, but no glass. And and just getting through day by day, a trek to see the most beautiful, unimaginable landscape of this holy earth right there before your eyes and to wake up and feel your breath and to know you're alive. I think that that feeling of being alive is the greatest gift you can get through the struggle. And even at times when you retreat into yourself and say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if the people like me. I don't know if I like the people. I really wish I had a clean bathroom. And if I have to eat Dalbot one more time, I think I'm going to die. And yet, of course, I'm not going to die. I'm going to grow stronger and grow, grow more grateful and deep gratitude for the people back home and my life back home and what it is that I value in lifestyle and what I want to accomplish and dream in my life. Save the spiritual awakening for another day when I can go to a silent retreat meditation or whatever it takes. I don't know. But maybe the spiritual growth is actually happening in the cracks in between these hard moments. When you start tapping into this deeper part of yourself called intuition that guides you from moment to moment of what you're going to be able to do next in strength and fortitude, in spirit, in heart, in mind. I'm not saying that this was some long, torturous prison sentence. I know that there are things much worse. But whatever situation you're in at that moment, you feel it. You are part of it. There is no judgment. There is no scale of your pain versus anyone else's pain, your experience versus anyone else's experience. It's just how you handle it, how you show up for it, and how you tap into your own intuition and your own gut instincts on how to rise above. And that's really the only thing that I had to get me through to make decisions each day decisions to abstain from maybe a group activity, decisions to sleep in a little bit later, decisions to choose the coffee shop down the, okay, it wasn't down the lane, it was down the steep steps, remember a land of a million steps, and have a moment again of peace and quiet for myself to reflect and to to regain my strength and my energy mentally 
to then come back again and participate in whatever the next um, experience was going to be, whether it's a shaman reading or a school visit or uh, a little boat trip to a Hindu temple, whatever it was that we were going to go do as a group, I learned my to listen to my intuition, listen to my gut, tell me what I needed to do next to guide me, to to allow myself to say no thank you, or to say yes, I need to come along with a group to spend some time to go to a nice meal once we were in uh, back in Kathmandu to to adventure by myself again to hire rehire Krishna on the very last day to take me to go see sights through his eyes, learning how to adapt the circumstances to what my gut was telling me I needed to do and how I was going to be able to handle it the best. And in light of that, I made the very best of a situation that I found challenging. I grew, I saw beautiful things, I made deep connections. I learned so much about culture in Nepal, about Hinduism and Buddhism, about celebration, about ritual, about symbolism, about death, about life, about longing for home and longing for the people back at home. And that would include, of course, my husband and my children, which I thought about and missed terribly for those three weeks, but also the people that I choose to surround myself with. My extended family, the people that I work with, Lisa and Inika, knowing that they had my back and I could trust them while I was gone to keep things running smoothly. But More important than that, they cared about how I was doing and regularly checked in with me. (laughs) It was such a good feeling to know that there were people highly invested in my experience that I knew I could come home to and take that deep breath and be myself again and surround myself in the comforts that I am accustomed to and the riches of life that I am fortunate enough to experience on a daily basis. And it will never take that for granted. Warm water, fresh food, friends, soft bed, my art, definitely missed making art, my ability to communicate with ease, whether it's on social media, on the podcast, or any other form in which I have the opportunity and the blessing to be able to show up and share from my heart and have it heard and received. Yeah, I feel very fortunate right now. I feel very grateful to you for listening, whether it's two people listening today or 200. Each one of you who takes a moment out of your day to hear my story let a little bit of it pierce your heart and open you up a little bit more. Maybe teaching you a few of my own insights. That's my hope, of course. And to help you grow from here into a more in tuned and intuitive person who learns how to trust your heart and your gut to guide you and what you need to do next in your life to open up to others and maybe take risks. Maybe it doesn't have to be a risk like traveling to the other side of the world, but maybe it's a risk to put your heart on the line and your business out in front of people's eyes, your artwork, 
your next step, whatever creative venture you're about to embark upon, whatever you're going to make 2023 the best it ever was instead of making excuses for one more year of why you can't do it. I don't want that. I don't want that for any of us. Life is too short. We only have so much time to be able to share the gifts we've been given. Now's the time I want to see each one of you trust your gut, trust your intuition, trust that little voice that's saying, I need to share this with the world. I need to show up and make a course. I need to make an offer that will help guide others in their journey, whether artistically or or any other creative venture that you're, you've been dreaming. You know that you have that spark for a reason. You've had that idea and that nudge for a reason now for who knows how long. I know it took me years before I finally took the step towards creating my first art course, and I don't want it to take years for you. You're worthy of doing it right now. Trust your gut. Trust your intuition that this next step where we all come together globally and share and connect, it's meant to be. It's going to be amazing. So you can see that through the ups and downs of my trip to Nepal, what I've come out on the other side is just a little bit happier, just a little bit more excited for life, just a little bit more sure that if I listen to my heart and I listen to my intuition, I'm going to keep moving in the right direction. Shall it be for all of us? All right, my friends, that's it for my in-between series where Unfold ended in August and just right around the corner, we have the new season two of the podcast with interviews and education that'll help you grow your business and help you with your mindset and help you maybe take that next step to fulfilling your dreams. All right. I would love it if you would share this. You can tag me at Kelly Wynn or Kelly Wynn Studios even. Look, I'm in both places. I'm in all places. I'm in everywhere that I can show up. I'm there. And if you'd go to kellywinnstudios.com slash 100, you're able to download 100 Ways to Make Money as an Artist Without Selling Your Art. This is an invaluable PDF I created. It's free. So many people have written back to me to say, how much that opened their eyes to the possibilities that not everything has to be about selling artwork in an art gallery. There are so many more ways that you can do this and find joy. So if you go to the site, K-E-L-L-E-E-W-Y-N-N-E studios.com slash 100, download the PDF. I highly recommend that you take a highlighter and highlight all the ones that are sparking your interest the most, see what the commonality is between them. I have a new little offer coming out in December. Can't wait to tell you about it, but it's linked to this PDF. So go go get it. Go see what's on that. Even if you already have started a business, even if you're already selling your art, what's the next step in ways that you can connect with people on a global scale? All right. I love you all so much, Noel. Talk to you again next week. Bye.